Well, hello, my kittens. Welcome to House of Heretics, the podcast for paying subscribers where Timothy and I drink coffee and talk about bullshit for your listening pleasure. As always, this is the paid subscriber podcast, but if you are hearing this on the uh, public feed on Apple Music or not Apple Music, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to Sacred Tension, then you are hearing a uh, sample, you are hearing a preview, and if you like what you hear, then please stop being a goddamn freeloader and go become a paying subscriber by going to sacredtension.substack.com and for the cost of like a cheap coffee, not a cheap coffee, moderately expensive coffee, $5 a month, you get this podcast as well as a bunch of other stuff and you keep me from having to become a bag lady on the streets <laughs> how are you schnuckles that's, that's a good one actually and but actually you st- you are correct uh i don't know where you, I, I, at least at starbucks you are not going to get a five dollar coffee <laughs> unless it's unless it's just our plain uh mm-hmm. coffee that come that's brewed our brewed coffee there lattes are more expensive nice yeah, I like your description on Substack, uh, barista. What what is it? Uh, barista for your soul, or something like that. Something like that. Anyway, <clears throat> I am here with Timothy McPherson, former Salvation Army officer turned Christian heretic and barista for your soul. Um, so <laughs> you, um, texted this morning saying that you wanted to talk about purity culture. Yeah. Tell me about purity yeah. culture. Well, the the impetus of this was yesterday. This would have been um, on uh, this past Wednesday, uh, yesterday. And uh, my church was has been holding every month a little thing that they call reconstruct. It's for those people who have deconstructed their faith, who have gone through questions and are trying to put some structure back into the life after they've maybe not necessarily done away with religion, but are one, you know, they're just trying to reframe religion into a way that better seems, makes sense for them. Mm. And then, so yesterday we talked about sex and purity culture. Hooray. My favorite topic. Um, the person who actually was bringing the presentation, she had written several books, uh, about it but she also came from an evangelical background as well so she knew the harms that uh purity culture had done uh to so many people and it was interesting listening to that perspective but at the same time and i was texting my pastor the entire time during this time uh and because we were just having a little running banter with each other about what was going on and things that were, you know, like he is not tech savvy whatsoever. <laughs> so he was having issues with the recording and whatnot. But um, uh, we were talking about how she was still using some patriarchal terms uh, in it. Do you want uh, to say who the author was or shall we keep that anonymous? Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. I mean, because uh, I don't want to really bad mouth at her at all. She's sure. not, she's not a bad person yeah. at all. And, but, Respect um, that. um, it was just that, uh, and that's that was something he brought up to me. It's like, hey, just be um, be patient with her. She's new to this, 
and because uh, she still referred to God as He, and okay. um, which is, and then talked about um, had a more personified view of Satan, how Satan seemed to be a little bit more active mm-hmm. in the realm of yeah. So still uh, just you know still kind of a traditional Christian, mm-hmm. which is nothing wrong with that because I try to view things more like uh, how does uh, your belief work out in your life. What does that look like? It's not so much about what you believe, but more about how it works out in your life. And there are people who use language that I might find a bit archaic, but they live out their life in, in an incredibly, you know, affirming way. You know, like... You know, for example, like my sister in her, in my last episode with her, she got after me because I, I used the term created order mm, to talk about I remember nature. that. Yeah. And I love the phrase created order because it is it's a poetic phrase. And I I have no problem using religious language as someone who isn't a believer. Um, mm-hmm. Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about this how he um you know uh i think it was for one of the the mars rover or something uh before its launch he tweeted godspeed and all of these atheists went after him for using the phrase godspeed and neil degrasse tyson was like look this has historic precedent. This is an important phrase in the history of space travel. This is the, you know, this was a phrase that has been used for, this is a historic phrase. It's important. Mm -hmm. And all of these atheists like went after him because of that. But my sister went after me from the opposite direction. Like what? You aren't a Christian. You don't believe it. Did you just say God? Did you just say created order? I'm like, it's a fucking turn of phrase. So, I mean, people use language all the time. Well, that might I mean, con- that might conflict or right. you know moderately conflict with with their worldview i guess well along those lines too i remember seeing this little clip i think i don't know why he's always on it but he was on the joe rogan show once and i i don't listen to joe rogan at all but i just saw this little clip of him uh where he was saying that um he still uses the term ad and bc oh yeah because neil degrasse tyson you mean yes yeah neil degrasse tyson uses ad and bc um, for the year de- uh, delineation there, because that was who it was centered around. Now we know, of course, that Jesus more than likely was not born at one AD, mm-hmm. but still, those terms were used because of his birth, not because of anything major that was going on in the world at that time. Where suddenly, oh, we are now in the common era. Um, as right. what was CE and BCE, but what does the BC? I know what the CE means, Common Era. What does the BCE mean? Before the Common Era. Oh, uh, I should have figured that out. Okay, um, <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, so she was using these terms, and that's just sort of. I'm, and and there are a couple of things where I'm thinking, oh my goodness, she definitely needs queer representation in some of the presentations that she's talking about. Um. Because uh, there are issues that she was bringing up regarding sexuality that have different applications or are expressed differently in the queer community. Um, uh, From a physiological point of view, she was talking about how 
when babies are formed in the womb, we all start off as female. That's actually not a, a big thing. It's why guys still have nipples. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically true. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then that they split off and that the male nerve endings in the penis are... Uh, uh, no, and the female... In the clitoris, they have eight thousand more nerve endings. Have eight thousand nerve endings, and the male only has four thousand. And that the male and that women have at least five different ways to orgasm, and men only have one. Oh, that's not true. And exactly. Oh God, that's not true. <laughs> Listen, and then, uh, as a as a as your weird kinky gay friend, I will tell you that is not true. <laughs> I know. It's like um. No, but at the same time, I didn't, I'm just thinking, okay, have you heard of the term anal orgasm? <laughs> I mean, there's so many, I mean, there, yeah. there's so many ways to, mm -hmm. to, to experience sexual pleasure. And right. there is like this, you know, it, it like, and this is something that I'm, that I want to write about more. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the way to write about it where unfortunately a lot of guys do only know of penile orgasm mm -hmm. and because a lot of them sorry we are going straight to the sexy stuff um it's not even 20 minutes into we're the not even we're, it's not even 20 <laughs> minutes in and we're already there um <clears throat> but and i think maybe one of the reasons why is because a lot of men they first they learn to masturbate fast and under the covers and in secrecy right and and then they just stick with that pattern for the rest of their life. So and and it's like that that habit of quick, fast, <laughs> secret of uh, pedile uh, stimulation. But it's like if that's where you live your entire life, you're you're like in the wardrobe. You haven't mm -hmm. even taken your first steps into Narnia into mm -hmm. like that wide world of all of the different varieties of pleasure. Do you even have the right to sit, talk about the wardrobes? And, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> okay. So, so she, she had a pretty narrow view of orgasm. Right. Uh, for men. From the male perspective. For, from yeah. the male perspective.